0: morning, Four Points. How are y'all today? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Um, as she said, my name is Michelle Clary and I am from Five Point Church. So some of you may know where that is, some of you may not. We really have been in a relationship with Four Points from your beginning. We love, love this church. So we are located in Easley, South Carolina. My dad spoke here not too, too long ago. So he was the big preacher guy from Five Point. But As you know, as you become a wife or a mom, you sort of lose who you are. Your name then becomes the wife of, so I'm the wife of Lawson Clary. So he is on staff at Five Point Church. He's one of the executive pastors there. I've become the mom of Hudson, who is the golfer. So he is my 14, almost 15-year-old, but really thinks he's almost 18. And then I have Grayson, who is bigger than I am as a 12-year-old, so, I'm known as Grayson's mom, the quarterback. So, you sort of lose your name. I've been on staff at Five Point for 15 years in August. So, pretty much since the existence of the church, I have been there. The first 13 years of that time, I was the children's pastor. So, daddy came to me. Um, Right after the church started, I got pregnant with my oldest Hudson, and he was like, Do you think you'd want to help with the kids? And I was like, Well, I can try it. We'll see how that goes. And I've been on staff ever since. So, love, love doing what I've been called to do, but I consider it an honor and a privilege to be here with you guys this morning. Four Points holds a special, special place in our hearts. Um, As I said, We've been with you guys since the beginning. We love four points, but the thing about four points and five points is we want to reach our cities for Christ, and we are so thankful that we are able to lock arms with you guys to be able to do that. That's our goal. Our goal is to reach the lost, and that is so amazing. So as we were talking about, we said today is what day? Mother's Day, so it's a special day. It's a day that maybe some of you in this room, you got a a special gift card, or you got a special card, or maybe you got some money. If you have toddlers, you got a homemade gift. Enjoy those because once they become teenagers... They don't even know what Mother's Day is. They don't even know that day exists. So it, it, enjoy those little handmade handprints or those, the things, the sayings they say about you because the sayings change as they become a teenager. It's not quite nice things they have to say. And you know, for some of you, maybe you got to go on a trip. Maybe you got to go away. You, you receive things on Mother's Day. I know Lawson knows my love language, and he sends me away. And it's amazing. So my mom and I, who's with me today, we went to Charleston this past weekend with my sister-in-law and her mom. It was great. But I remember when I was growing up, and I can remember hearing mom say, you know what, the best Mother's Day gift was to go and just to be in a motel room all by myself. And I thought, (laughs) why would you say that? Who wants to be by themselves now that I have teenagers? I totally understand why you say that. I stay cold. I freeze 24-7. It could be 90 degrees outside, and I have goosebumps. So I can go to the hotel room, and I can have it on 80, and nobody's going to say anything to me. Or I can go, and I can grab the remote and watch what I want to watch on TV. Because as a mom, you know, we don't get to watch what we want to watch. There's Sports Center, or there's something else on TV, and then the kids, they're just watching all their YouTube videos that I don't understand. So I get to watch what I want to watch. And then I get to order what I want to eat from room service. It's amazing. You know, as a mom, you become the name of who you are, who you're with, what your kids are. It's a great day. But there's some in the room that you're still waiting to be called mom. Maybe God hasn't answered that prayer for you. You've prayed, God, I just want to be a mom. I prayed that prayer too. I was told before I got married that it would be very hard for for me to be able to conceive, to be able to have children. So I carried that weight as I was going into marriage and wanting to start a family. But God blessed us when we first started trying it. I immediately got pregnant. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. I'm finally going to be a mom. But that was short-lived. I lost the baby soon after. So if you're in this room and you're still not a mom, I understand How heavy that is. How heavy of knowing, you know what, I may never get this prayer answered, but let me tell you, don't give up. God's not done. We just have to be patient in his timing. As hard as that is, we have to be patient. Your Mother's Day will come, and it will be the best day ever when you get to say this is your first Mother's Day. For some of you in here, the emotion of Mother's Day is still hard. You may be a mom, but maybe you didn't have a good mom. Maybe your mom was not present in your life. So when you think of Mother's Day and celebrating your mom, that's very difficult. Or maybe some of you in here, your mom is no longer with you. She's no longer on this side of earth. Mother's Day can be hard. It's full of emotions. But I'm not here today just talk to moms. So if you're not a mom, don't think, man, I'm good. I get to sit back. She's not talking to me. Because what I have to talk about today is something that we all have the option to do. We all have emotions. We all deal with things on different levels and different ways. But today, what I want to talk about is how do we choose joy in the chaos of life? How do we choose joy when life is going the way that we don't expect it to? Because you know what? Life happens and sometimes life just stinks, doesn't it? God never told us it was going to be easy. But he told us he'd never forsake us. So today what I want us to focus on is not just being a mom, but how do we choose joy when life is hard? So let's pray real quickly before we get started. God, I love you and I praise you. God, I thank you for the honor and privilege to be on this stage. But God, I don't want to speak. I want you to speak through me. God, let your words flow through me right now. God, I pray that the words that you have given me to speak to this crowd today, God, it's words that you need them to hear. God, just be with them or be with their hearts. God, speak to them, God. God, we do thank you for mothers, God, and for the fact that we, for the ones of us in a room that are in a mom, God, we thank you for our children. But God, I pray as each and every one of us in here, it's not our job just to be their mom or to be their parent or grandparent or friend. God, you've called us all to live a life for you. And I pray as we leave today, God, that we will walk through these doors, God, and we will show Jesus in all that we do. God, we love you so much. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about the emotions of what life can be and choosing joy. And I know, well, I say I know most of you. Maybe you're not the same way that my family is. But like I said, I have two teenagers, one that's almost 15 and one that's almost be a teenager. He's 12. But trying to come to church is not always easy if you have children. We act like it's a good thing to get here, but it's not always so easy. So for me, as I said, lost my husband. He's on staff at Five Points, so he leaves church real early on Sunday morning. I'm more like I'm going to come in right on time on two wheels. Like if they say be there at 8 o'clock, I'm like coming in probably 8 o'clock right on the dot and you better watch out because I will run over you because I'm trying to get into the parking lot. So I come in really fast, but I leave both of our boys at home. They don't have to be there for all three services. We have three services. So we tell them they have to come and they have to attend and then they have to serve, but they don't have to be there for all three. So I go to church, make sure everything's good, that all my stuff set up and ready to go. And then during first service, I go back and get them. So the morning usually goes like this on a Sunday I call hey guys are you up get up start getting ready well I'm not there to make them get ready if you know what I mean like every morning Mm -hmm. get ready come on you're hollering at them to come down the stairs and to come eat breakfast while they're getting ready for school so I'm not there to help them do that on Sunday mornings so maybe your kids are better than mine when I pull into the driveway and I open the garage and I blow the horn I'm here they don't come right now So then you just you feel that "Mm, I'm gonna I'm so mad at them I'm gonna block their phone I'm gonna take their phone for them I'm not gonna watch TV today all these things are going through your mind they finally get out to the car you're like what have you been doing service starts second service starts in ten minutes I've got to get to the church well I was finishing getting ready what do you mean you were finishing getting ready I called you thirty minutes ago so we have this whole conversation as we're going to church I don't choose joy during that conversation it's not going real well. But when I step out of the car and I shut the car door and I walk in five, I'm like, good morning. I'm so glad you're here today. It's so good to see you. How many of you have ever had a car conversation like that on the way to church? So when you're in the car, you just want to strangle them. But when you get out of the car, life is good. Life is so good. We have these visions of what we think parenthood or life is going to be. You know, no one ever told me that being a mom really is not everything that I thought it was going to be. Nobody told me that I was going to birth gigantic children. They didn't tell me that. My oldest, he, he was 10-7, 24 inches long. Nobody told me that was even possible. My second was 9'3", 22 inches long. Once again, I thought there's no way I'm going to have to go through that again. Wrong. Nobody told me that. Nobody told me that I was not ever going to sleep again. That sleep is gone for the rest of your life. It doesn't matter what age they are. You're always going to worry about them. You're always going to struggle. So if they're a baby, you think it's hard, but then they hit those terrible twos. Nobody ever told me that the terrible twos really last for 18 years. (laughs) It's supposed to stop at two, right? It's the terrible two. So when they turn three, four, five, that's not supposed to happen. Well, mine, they're still in it. So I'm hoping once they graduate high school, I don't have to deal with that anymore, right? Nobody told me that the terrible twos keep on going. (laughs) Nobody told me that I was going to have to be a juggler, that I have to do all these things. I have to cook, and I'm not a very good cook. Nobody told me that I'd have to clean every day that the mounds of laundry that you will have. They didn't mention that because what you envision is you become a parent is you envision that your kids are going to be the best. I mean, they're automatically going to sleep when they come home at night. Like when you come home from the hospital as a baby, they're just not going to need to eat during the middle of the night. They're going to sleep through the night. Didn't happen to me. You envision your kids being the star of any sport that they play. They're going to be the best ones out on the field. You envision that they make straight A's, that they're the president of the student body. Those are the things that we envision. But what we don't realize is that's not always how life is going to be, is it? We juggle all these things that we're trying to do for our kids, but we don't realize is all we're doing is adding pressure and pressure and pressure that we are not allowing them to even be kids anymore because we create that anxiety for them. We choose the details that go into their life, and we forget the main detail that is so important, and that's Jesus. Nobody told me that raising children in this day and age would be so hard. Not just raising children, but godly children. Loss and I had the conversation the other day that we really are raising our boys to almost live in an isolated sense, meaning the way that we are raising our kids is not the way that the world is, so they are lonely sometimes. I don't allow them to do things that their friends are doing. I don't allow them to have social media that their friends have. They don't understand it. I know that it's out of protection, but they look at it as I'm a helicopter mom. But I want them to realize that I don't need the world to raise them. I need God to raise them. So I have to step up and I have to step out of the details of what life is and to focus on choosing joy. That's not easy. Not in today's times. So today what I want us to do is we're going we're to study a story in the Bible. And it's in Luke. So this is a question we ask every week at Five Point. Who has their Bibles with them today? If you have your Bible, raise it up. Awesome job, awesome job. If you don't, just like at Five Point, the, the verses will be on the screen. But the big question that we ask is it's awesome that you brought your Bible and we encourage you to bring your Bible. But the second thing that we do and ask is who read their Bible this week? So if you read your Bible at least three or four times this week, raise your hand. That's awesome. It's incredible. How many of you here read your Bible every single day this week? That's awesome. See, we all have choices to make. We have the choice to get caught up in the busyness of life and the details of what's going on and not reading the Bible and staying in God's Word, or we have the choice to put Jesus first. You know, we all have the same 24 hours in our day. We just all spend them differently. So today as we are talking about the Bible and things that are the story that's in the Bible, I need you to put yourself in the characters that are inside this Bible story. It's in Luke 10. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Luke 10, and we're going to start in verse 38. Now, there's two characters inside this Bible story. As I said, I was a children's pastor, so I need to, for you guys, y'all may be complete Bible scholars, and I'm going to be not, like, I'm not way over your head right here. But I like to make sure that you understand what's going on. So you have, there's two characters, the main characters that we're talking about. And they were very, very close to Jesus. They were very good friends. They were sisters. Their names were Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha. And they had a brother. Anybody know what their brother's name was? Lazarus, very good. So Lazarus was very good. Well, they loved Jesus. They were all buddies. It wasn't just like somebody in the crowd that Jesus saw. These were people that Jesus like spent time with. He would fist bump. They were were buddies. They came to the house and hung out. You know, not just something, hey, how are you, that you waved to. They were friends. But in this story, what we're going to be seeing, how Martha and Mary looked at this opportunity to have Jesus in their home differently. As we're studying this, I want you to think about how you look at having Jesus in your home. Because for some of you, you're so caught up in the details that Jesus isn't even there. That you're caught up in the details of life that you don't allow room for Jesus to show up. Today, I want us to leave here knowing that that's not right. That we have to allow Jesus to come in. So let's pick up in in our Bible story. And it is, like I said, it is in Luke 10 and start with verse 38. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. So we're talking about these two characters, Mary and Martha. We see that Martha, she's caught up in what? She's wanting to serve. She hears this, that Jesus is coming over. So ladies, I need you all to help me out, okay? So it's not just me that deals with this, all right? How many of you have ever got that overwhelming feeling of, no, you didn't, you just did what, when your husband tells you they invited somebody over? Anybody? Thank you. There has to be somebody in the room. You're like, you did what? You just invited somebody to our house? Did you not see the house when you left? There are clothes everywhere. The laundry is piled up. There are dishes in the sink. Oh, my gosh, they can't use our bathrooms. We have two boys, so you know where they pee. It's not in the toilet. Like, what are we going to do? They don't see that, do they? They are. I really think God put blinders on guys for them to not even realize that any of that is there. And He like made magnets, like just poured it on the ladies, and we see it over abundantly. So I envision when I hear this story, Martha, she's just been told that Jesus is coming to her house. Who? Jesus. You know, when I think about the fact that I'm going to have company, that's one thing. But to know that Jesus. Who was perfect is coming to my house. That's not going to resonate very well, is it? I'm going to go into major panic mode because this is how I am. And Lawson knows this. If my house is a mess, whew, it tears my nerves up. And it doesn't even have to be clean. I just don't need clutter everywhere. If I don't see the clutter, I'm fine if the floors have been mopped or the furniture needs to be dusted. I just don't need to see clutter everywhere. And we just moved into a house last year. And I knew when we moved into this house it was not a good idea the way it is set up. You walk in off the garage, and there's like a landing space. So all the shoes come off right there. So you're trying to walk through the shoes to get in the door. And then you round the corner, and there's this big stairwell. So if you didn't put it there, you know where you put your stuff? On the stairwell. So what I would be envisioning is we have shoes they can't even get in the door. There is stuff everywhere on the stairs. I've got laundry everywhere. So if I was Martha... This is what I would be doing. Ladies, please don't make me feel bad. And please tell me you do the same thing. Whenever I get mad, I don't necessarily comment that. So I pick up that laundry basket. I stop and you put it right in front of them. You put it in front of the guys. Then you walk away to go continue to clean. And you come back to that laundry. You know what has not been folded? The laundry that is sitting right in front of them. So if I and Martha... I'm sitting here thinking, I just put this right here. I'm cleaning. I'm fixing. But then as I stop louder, then I start grunting heavier. Oh, gosh. And you're so mad? That's what I envision happening with Martha. She is so mad because she is caught up in the details that she doesn't even recognize that Jesus is there. Then when I get mad, I want, then you get to that point that you're just done. And then they ask, what's wrong with you? Oh, gosh are you even having to ask me what's wrong you know what's wrong with me the laundry that is sitting right there that's where Martha got if you pick up in verse 40 it's like Martha decides you know what I'm going to tattle right now because she's not helping me in verse 40 it says but Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said Lord do you not care that my sister has left me to serve you alone tell her then to help me you know what got ladies Martha had it wrong, didn't she? Just like I do so many times. Martha thought she was doing something good. She thought that she was doing the, what she needed to do for Jesus. She wanted to get the house ready. She wanted to fix him supper. She wanted to serve him. She wanted to do all these things. But in essence, that's not what Jesus wanted, did he? It's not what Jesus wants for our life. Moms, ladies, guys, when we put so many details on our life, We bring the anxiety. We bring the weight. We bring the burden. It's not Jesus. Jesus wants us. There are times that we need to serve. And if you're not serving here at Four Points, I encourage you to get plugged in today. This is not a message on, oh, I don't have to serve. I just get to come and worship Jesus. No, that's not what I'm saying. But there's a time and place where you have to make the two where they come together. And what Martha was doing, she was focusing completely on the serving. If I show up just to serve without Jesus, then it means absolutely nothing. When I focus on the details of my day instead of focusing on Jesus, what am I teaching my kids? Because if they cannot see me with Jesus, what am I teaching them? So Martha's like, Jesus, I need some help here. I cannot clean all this mess up without my sister Mary to help me. Let's look at what Jesus had to say to, to, um, to Martha with that. Let's pick up in, oh, sorry, my papers have gone everywhere. Let's pick up on the next verse, and it says, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. You see, what Jesus is telling Martha is Mary's got it right. Mary is not worried about the details of the day. Mary is not worried about what's next on the schedule. Mary's not worried about where she's got to get her kids. Mary's not worried about the laundry. Mary's worried about sitting at the feet of Jesus. So many times in our daily lives, we forget to sit at the feet of Jesus. We're so caught up in all the stuff that we have to get done that we forget that Jesus is sitting right beside us. You know, I said, I can't imagine that Jesus was going to be the one showing at my house. You know what, if I'm worshiping Jesus, he's there every single day. But when I get caught up in the details of what life looks like, I forget that Jesus is there. So Jesus is telling Martha, Martha, you don't need to be worried about what Mary's doing. You need to look at your own heart. You see, Martha was anxious. She was discouraged, but she created that. I know I create that for my life sometimes. Sometimes I get so busy that I forget what I need to do for Jesus. In studying this, it came through, there was a passage that it said, it said, when we are tempted to measure our worth by how busy we are. How true is that? If everybody can just see me doing all this stuff, then they're going to think I'm a great mom. They're going to think I'm a great wife. They're going to think I'm a great coworker. But in reality, all they need to do is see me loving Jesus. It's hard, isn't it? Especially in the world that we live in. Nobody's choosing Jesus. We look at life for ourselves and what we can get out of it. But what we will, if we will learn... When we choose Jesus, we choose joy. Because I create the anxiety on myself when I continuously keep on adding the stuff. Martha kept on adding the details. She kept on adding the weight and the burden of the day. But let me tell you this. As parents in this room, as grandparents, as friends, as co-workers... If the people that you are around never see you doing anything or saying anything about Jesus, then this world is, is, is no one void. You haven't done what God has called you to do. As a mom, the best gift that my kids could ever give me is to tell me that I live for Jesus. Because when, I, when they see Jesus in me, they see joy. Does it mean I'm perfect? No, not at all. But when I choose Jesus, I will choose joy. The problem is, in today's society, we want the applause of man instead of the applause for our Savior. We try to put this picture-perfect world out there on social media, and we all know that that's not how real life is. Real life, people will hurt you. Real life, people will fail you. In real life, life's not going to go the way that you envisioned it. But I know when I choose Jesus over any of it, I can have joy. Because there's not one person that will ever measure up to what Jesus can measure up to. So you in this room today, you have a choice. You could be Martha, where you are so caught up in the distractions of life that you forget that Jesus is in the room with you. All Jesus wants us to do is to sit down and take him in. My boys know that I get up every morning. During the week, I get up early every morning, and I have my quiet time. Because I know if I don't start my day with Jesus, my day will not be right. I will not have joy that day. I'm just off. They know that I laugh because my youngest son says, Mom, the light from your quiet time goes in my room and wakes me up. But you know what? That makes my heart happy. Because he knows that at the end of the day, I choose Jesus. I tell my boys all the time, I love you more than life, but not as much as Jesus. They need to know that I love Jesus more than anything. When you, as parents, you give more money to their sports and to their activities than you do the church, you're not choosing Jesus. When you, as parents, are trying to busy the schedule and you can't fit in time to read your Bible, you're not choosing Jesus we have the choice today we can choose Jesus so we can have joy or we can choose the world and we can have anxiety it's up to you as we begin to worship in just a minute you have the choice to make for some of you maybe you need to ask for forgiveness because that's exactly what you've done you've you have allowed the world and the pressure of the world to come on you that you have forgotten what choosing joy looks like because you're not given time for Jesus You're being Martha, and you're so caught up in the details that you ask for forgiveness. God, let me be like Mary. Let me sit at the feet of Jesus. Let me take you in. For parents, moms, maybe you need to ask for forgiveness because you're like, you know what? I haven't shown my kids that Jesus is first. Today, what a better day to do it than go home and say, I'm going to be the mom that God's called me to be. Because I think sometimes we forget, as mom and as parents, our kids are just loners to us. They're not ours. Our job is to show them Jesus. If you're a coworker in here, you're a friend, you're a student, this message was for you too. You have to choose Jesus so you can choose joy. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the fact that we have churches where we can come and we can worship you. And we can hear about you and we can learn about you. But God, life just stinks sometimes. God, life sometimes isn't what we thought it was going to be. But God, you give us the ability to choose Jesus. And God, I pray today that before we leave this church, God, that we leave it all at the altar. We leave it all here for you. God, that we ask forgiveness. God, forgive us for getting caught up in the details of life. And God, that we will turn and we will go to the feet of Jesus God that we will be the men and women of God that you have called us to be help us not to focus on the details but to focus on you God we love you God you know what it's like to have a child God we you know what it's like to feel the disappointment and the joy that all comes in raising a child and God, I praise you for the fact that you love me so much that you would send your son to die for my sins. God, I'm so unworthy, but God, I thank you. God, I thank you for four points, God, and I just pray that you will work through these people, allow miracles to take place, God. God, we love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen.